Welcome to Rogue News. We are the preeminent geostrategic, geoeconomic, and geopolitical news show on YouTube and on the web. Join us for hard-hitting analysis, behind-the-scenes strategy, and brutal commentary. Find out why many consider us the place to get their news and information. Check us out at roguenews.com. Follow us on Twitter at Real Rogue News, Facebook, and most of the popular podcasting apps. Most of all, remember to subscribe, like, comment, and share. We have with us the man who needs no introduction whatsoever. It is the one and only Harley Schlanger. You can find him over at the LaRoucheOrganization.com, the LaRoucheOrganization.com, as well as the SchillerInstitute.com, SchillerInstitute.com. And with that being said, Harley, lots going on. Bombshell after bombshell information is coming out. Bioweapons labs have been discovered. Massive links there between uh, um, uh, the Bioweapons Lab and one of Fauci's underlings, whose name escapes me. We just had him on the mentioned him on the last broadcast. I don't know where you want to begin. And the situation in uh, in, in in Ukraine is is just insane at the moment, Harley. I don't know how you want to unpack this, but go for it. Well, I I just wrote an article where, in which I said that the narratives of the Warhawks are unraveling very, very quickly. Yeah. Now, the question is whether the unraveling becomes obvious or, or reported to the people of the United States and Western Europe, because we're under wartime censorship. What, what I'm seeing here in Germany in the media would make Goebbels boil over with envy. Oh. You know, what's reported, what's not reported. Uh, but let's take... Uh, three three stories that where you see the narrative unraveling, and hopefully these will eventually get in to the media in the West. First, the bio labs that you mentioned. Yeah, I just found out the oh. name. Uh, Vela just texted me. It, it's Peter Daszak. It's actually linked to Peter Daszak. Yeah, yeah, right, right. Well, here's what I find most interesting. How did this come out in the United States? It was Marco Rubio asking a question of Victoria Newland, who of course is totally versed in this. Newland knows exactly what's going on in Ukraine. She was one of the overseers of the Ukraine coup in 2014. Rubio said, well, are there bio and chemical weapons labs in Ukraine? And she said, well, uh, yes, there are. And then she said, and what we're worried about is that the Russians are going to take them and turn them against us. Then she said, but they're defensive. So if they're so-called defensive, how could they be turned into weapons against us? The second question that was never asked because Rubio dropped it was, why are we doing this? Why are we there? Why do the freedom-loving, democracy-loving people of Ukraine need U.S.-run biolab we bio weapons in their country? So, and, and what this also raises is this whole narrative that the uh, Putin's crazy if he thinks there's a, a threat to Russia from Ukraine. Well, the same day, Konashenkov, the Russian Defense Ministry spokesperson, who, unlike the U.S. spokespeople, has short briefings and comes to the point and tells the truth, yeah. he reported that they uncovered documents from Unit 4 of the Ukraine National Guard, which demonstrate, which, which were orders to that unit to prepare for a March, middle of March invasion yep. into the Donbass. Now, what that means is that Putin's military operations in Ukraine preempted the slaughter of ethnic Russians in the Donbass. 
And who would have carried this out? Well, this gets to the third narrative, the neo-Nazis who the West claims don't exist. But now we're seeing all sorts of articles coming out. Uh, Consortium News has done an excellent job covering this. In uh, the current Executive Intelligence Review, we have a two-part series by my colleague, David Shaven, which goes through incredible details on the neo-Nazis in Ukraine, their alliance with the United States. There's even a picture of Tianabok, who's one of them, shaking hands with Joe Biden in 2014. Uh, there's another, there's a video that's out showing John McCain and Lindsey Graham uh, meeting with the Azov Battalion, who are the Nazis. And of course, that's not so surprising with McCain. Remember, he was photographed standing next to Al-Qaeda leaders among the so-called moderate rebels in Syria. So you take those three stories, the biolabs, the uh, report, or the, the order given by the commander of Unit 4 of the National Guard for an offensive into Donbass, and then the neo-Nazi question, all of this shows that Putin is telling the truth, that he's absolutely right when he says that Russia needs security guarantees and that Ukraine should not be entrusted with nuclear weapons. It's also the case, by the way, that uh, Konashenkov just mentioned that they're beginning to uncover the fact that there was a nuclear weapons program at the Kharkiv laboratory, which is a very famous nuclear uh, research lab but that the United States was apparently helping them to prepare to build nuclear weapons. So you see why, when, you know, basically the question is, was Putin exaggerating? Was he paranoid? Is he insane? No, the West is lying at point after point. Yep. So if the American people were privy to this information, then the next question is, why should we have hyperinflation to help people who we're using as a proxy warfare against Russia. Because the ultimate intent of Biden and Blinken and Liz Truss and Bojo and Jens Stoltenberg and others in not negotiating with Putin, honestly, is they want regime change in Russia. And why is that? Because Russia and China are having a, are, with their alliance, are moving toward the possibility of breaking with the collapsing petrodollar system. Yeah. So I think in a nutshell, that that's part of the reason my head's been spinning the last 24 hours, just trying to keep up with things. I mean, um, the West is absolutely befuddled by the moves that Russia is doing. And this is why we're getting so many misinformation of, oh, they're bogged down. Oh, they don't know what they're doing. Oh, their supply chains are running low. Oh, this is happening. But with every move and every millimeter and every inch that that cauldron closes in on them, more and more of this information is coming through. And truly, this the, the amount of back pressure this is putting upon the EU, um, Russia's like, okay, fine, you, wanna, you want us to shut down Nord Stream 1? We'll do that as well. Harley, we're on the verge of looking at all of this and seeing Europe literally dive into the dark ages in terms of energy security and food security. It's incredible. Well, and, and sitting here in Germany, I'm, I'm watching as uh, Schultz, the uh, chancellor, who initially looked as though he wanted to play the role as an honest broker, uh, essentially was reminded of what happened to one of his predecessors. And this may seem far-fetched, but just give me a second to develop this. 
100 years ago, in April 1922, a German foreign minister named Walter Rottenau conducted a series of meetings with the Soviet foreign minister in a city called Rapallo in Italy. And they signed an agreement. And the agreement was that the two countries would forgive each other for what was done in World War I, including the debts they owed to each other, and would establish an extended trade agreement. Now, this was an attempt to, uh, for it by Germany to break out from under the Versailles Treaty, which was punishing them. Two months later, Rottenau was assassinated and Rapallo went out the window. Six months later, Germany started on the hyperinflation, which by November 20, uh, 1923 collapsed the economy completely and paved the way a decade later for the emergence of Hitler, who was another person deployed by the same British who ran the Versailles Agreement to destroy Germany. Now, you don't think Schultz is aware that if he broke with the West, he would be in the crosshairs? I'm sure that's the case. Now, then you have this other interesting phenomena of the foreign minister, the green foreign minister, Baerbock, who was all for getting rid of all fossil fuels, coal, nuclear, and any, everything. And now all of a sudden she's saying, well, not so fast. If we do that, German industry will collapse. You think the Greens got a short lesson on what happens when you shut down efficient energy systems? So the European situation is very unstable. The truckers in Germany and Italy are going on strike, not because of COVID questions and vax mandates, but because they can't afford gasoline. Right. The fishermen in Spain and Italy are on strike because they can't afford diesel fuel for their boats. You have a, a, a degree of chaos emerging. Then in the US, we just saw these figures of 7.9% inflation for February, which I'm sure is greatly understated. Uh, and what does Biden say? Well, we're going to take one for the team. We're going to let have to deal with these high prices because we want to protect the people of Ukraine. You want to protect the people of Ukraine? Tell them to make a deal with Putin. Oh, yeah. Right. Exactly. Exactly right. And that's exactly so, what they should do, Harley. If this, this is not about making a deal with uh, with, with you know, or doing anything that's in the benefit of the people of Ukraine. It doesn't benefit the people of Ukraine to have war with Russia. It doesn't benefit the people of Ukraine to have uh, food insecurity and energy insecurity and all the stress they're going through right now. It doesn't benefit them at all. This is insanity. But here's another thing that, that's not being reported much, because we're told that most of the world supported the UN General Assembly resolution condemning Russia. Well, there were 45 countries that abstained that represent more than half the population of the world, including India, South Africa, Brazil, Algeria, Angola, as well as Russia and China. Now, what, what's happening there is that you have the anti-colonial forces in the world are naturally supporting Russia because they see the attack on Russia as an effort to turn Russia into a one-dimensional raw material producer controlled by the same bankers. They also see that because of its military strength, it's very difficult to force Russia to give up their sovereignty. And if Russia and China won't give up their sovereignty, why should India or Pakistan or South Africa? Uh, just an example of this, I was invited just a, a, an hour ago or a couple hours ago 
to give a keynote address at a conference in Algeria tomorrow, an online conference in Algeria, because they've been following my daily updates and are excited about the prospect of a new financial system based on gold, based on physical production, and so on. Now, who's not excited about that? Well, the bankers who are sitting there with loads of, of uncollectible debt, they're now facing the problem of the credit default swaps that are supposed to insure them if these defaults occur. The cost of the credit default swaps are going through the roof. There are margin calls going on. Banks like Deutsche Bank is, is collapsing. Uh, the, the derivative obligations, the credit default swaps, uh, could trigger a global financial meltdown overnight. And you know, people are wondering, well, how can I protect myself from this? Well, you can't protect yourself individually. We need a change in the policy. And you, know, you can do certain things. It's, it's a little late to plant a garden to make sure you have some food. But we can make sure that the people who are pushing this policy, the, the people who are running Biden, the, the people who talk to Blinken and others, that they get driven out of office. And, and you know, I, I think the important thing is that people cannot be pessimistic or, or cynical about being able to do that. We're seeing a fight going on, which is our fight. Now, just one other thing, you mentioned this question of the, the they're saying Russia is uh, conducting brutal warfare in Ukraine. Well, according to the most liberal figures you can find on this, in the first 11 days, fewer than 500 civilians were killed. Now, I don't mean to minimize that because I think any civilian who's killed is, is tragic. But look what we did the first day with shock and awe in Iraq, the first day in Libya. There are estimates that, that between 150 and 250,000 people were killed in our first day of bombing in the Iraq war. So you compare these two. You look at the, what happened in Libya, and it's still a, a destroyed country. Look at Yemen, where there are millions of people who are, are starving because of sanctions. Why doesn't the West care about these people? Well, because they're not white, because they're not part of the so-called club, uh, as Zelensky and the Ukrainians are part of the club. Well, but that's why these other countries are going to turn against us. And either we shift our policies here, or the future for the United States is going to be bleak indeed. We're shutting down our agriculture system in the United States with the expectation we can get food from poorer countries. They're going to hold on to that food because they won't be able to afford to buy food to replace what they sell and export. So we're going to see food disappear from the shelves in the U.S. The gas prices are going to probably keep going up. And there's Biden arrogantly saying it's Putin who's doing it. No, Mr. Biden, the people who are advising you are the ones who are doing this. And it would be helpful if you either woke up and said something about it or got the hell out of the way. V, are you muted? You may have had a minor internet outage. You know, Harley, you're you're hundred percent correct uh, to think that the United States just passed uh, several billion dollars of aid to go to Ukraine, and to think what that's funding, Harley, uh, the recklessness of sending those weapons, which we know, Harley, at some point, all those we weapons that are 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 pretty darn offensive 
are going to potentially scatter and get used throughout Europe, creating a very dangerous situation, Harley. Well, and they do end up in the hands of the, the uh, uh, Azov Battalion, the C-14. You know, the guy from C-14 was just interviewed by a guy named uh, Rubenstein, who's with Consortium News. And he told him, and, and these quotes are somewhat chilling, he said, why do you think NATO is arming us, referring to himself as the neo-Nazis? Hmm. Uh, why do you think they're arming us? It's not because they, they like us. It's because we're the only ones who are ready to do what they want. Hmm. We have fun. We have fun killing and we have fun fighting. And he went on to say that without the Nazis in the Maidan in the 2014 coup, it would have been like a gay parade. <laughs> so yeah. you can find this if, if you go to consortium news and look up uh alex rubenstein and i think his is done with uh max blumenthal a really excellent review of the nazi problem in in ukraine and one just one other aspect on this if if you look at this look you look at zelensky and they say well there couldn't be nazis in ukraine because zelensky's jewish Right. Zelensky tried to shut down the Nazis, and they said to him in his face that if he made a deal, if he followed through on the Minsk agreement to give up autonomy to the Donetsk and Lugansk republics, he would be found hanging from a tree. Now, yeah. if you talk like that to the president and you, and you find out that these are people now who are embedded in the defense and security forces, why do you think Zelensky is, is not raising the question of the Nazis? And why do you think he's so willing to do the dirty work that we're assigning him, knowing that it could end up killing him? Exactly. I mean, he's clearly a man that has no power. He's a puppet. It's the Nazis that are controlling the military and much of the law enforcement. It's the oligarchs that run the financials. The, Zelensky is just a talking fit. He's a sock puppet at this point. He has no power whatsoever. And I think, um, you know, these guys from C-14 and the Zav Brigade, they took a big game. But when the uh, Karadov Brigade, the Chechens, came in, they were running. They were literally dropping their weapons running. And for these guys who, they love to fight helpless civilians. That's what these guys are. They're cowards and they're all LARPers. And so in a real hardened fighting force like Russian Spetsnaz, the Karadov Brigade from Chechnya, when they showed up, these guys were running for their lives, Harley. They couldn't find them. The Chechens were upset, like, hey, we want to fight these guys. They're, they're talking all this nonsense. We want to fight them. Where are they? Yeah. Well, and, and I just saw in the, the chat room, someone pointed out that the Ukrainian Nazis have been armed by Israel. Actually, the guy who's been arming them is one of the oligarchs named Kolomoisky. Yep. Who is and, and tied to Israel, but is also the leading funder of uh, Zelensky's presidential campaign. Correct. So that's where the orders are coming from. Yep. Now, again, the, just one other thing: the the leading voices calling for continuing this war are agencies like the Council on Foreign Relations, where they have almost every day now they have a webinar. Chatham House, which is British intelligence, and Atlantic Council. And I went back through the Atlantic Council and read what they had said about Ukraine over the last eight years since the February 2014 coup. And on several occasions, they mentioned, well, yes, there are 
Ukraine does have a Nazi problem, but it's under control. It's being reined in by the Interior Ministry. And then in 2020, they had an article which said, we must not raise this. We must not put them on the terrorist list because they were put on the terrorist list by the State Department. We must not do that, even though we don't like them, because to do that is to give a gift to the Kremlin. In other words, if you tell the truth, it will benefit Russia. So what are they saying? Don't tell the truth. Don't let yeah. the story get out. And that's why we're being hit with censorship, with lies, uh, with a corrupt cabal, which is trying to convince you that inflation is transitory, that the quantitative easing is working. Uh, and you know, the, today, the, the head of the IMF, Gorgieva, uh, said that the, there's a real chance that Russia will default. And she was asked, what would that mean? And she said, well, uh, let's hope it doesn't happen uh, because there is a lot of potential collateral damage. Well, Citibank, JP Morgan Chase, all the Austrian banks, Unicredit of Italy, they are, all are heavily involved in Russian bonds. So even though the total Russian debt isn't so large, the Western banks have bought them the, the debt and they've used it as collateral to borrow more and more money to cover their other bad debts. Right. So you're looking at a potential chain reaction collapse that could take out the whole Western banking system while Biden is, is talking about what a great job we're doing putting pressure on Putin. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Very well said, Harley. Harley, anything else you want to touch base upon? Well, uh, no, I think the, what, what I would suggest is that if, if people want to get more of this information, you can always send me an email and I'll send you a link to my blog page. I, I just wrote an article today that goes through these, <clears throat> this whole story of the narrative unraveling, uh, which will be available on my blog page by Sunday. But if people want to get in touch with me, just send it to my personal email address, which is harleysch at gmail.com. Many of your listeners and viewers know that if they write to me, I'll write back and, and uh, happy to engage in a dialogue with them. So H-A-R-L-E-Y-S-C-H at gmail.com. And the other thing I would say is that all the people who are angry, who are uh, uh, facing the reality that we're in a real crisis, don't give up. Don't be pessimistic. Now's the time to hit back. We've just got to hit back at the most vulnerable flanks. And the most vulnerable flank is the banking system, because that's the, the center, the, the banking system, the hedge funds, the uh, uh, insurance companies. These are the people who are running the whole Davos Great Reset Green New Deal operation. And they're not doing it out of strength. They're doing it because they're completely bankrupt. So I, I would urge people, get involved. If you want to work with us, fine. If you have your, your own organizations, by all means, get our information to them. But, but don't give up now. This, this is, uh, if you think the human race is in trouble, you're right. But the people who are really more panicked than you are, are the ones sitting on top of this who are afraid that their billions and trillions are going to go up in smoke any minute now. Exactly. Very well said. Harley Schlanger, thank you for so much for joining us again, folks. You can find him over at the Schiller 
SchillerInstitute.com, SchillerInstitute.com, as well as LaRoucheOrganization.com, TheLaRoucheOrganization.com. And with that being said, we're over and out, and enjoy your weekends.